Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. It's a radio program dedicated to raising awareness of issues concerning animals. This includes advocacy, activism, protection, conservation and importantly, appreciation. The show is broadcast from 3CR Studios in Melbourne on 8.55am. And before we heard a bit of a best of from Sally in the show Out of the Pan. So hopefully Sally's having a good break if, if, if she happens to be listening in. And yeah, it's very quiet around the 3CR studios. I thought it might be like this last week. Everyone's here last week. But yeah, it's very quiet. But we're coming on the break. I'm Nick Pendergrass hosting today. Thanks to Adam for coming in. G'day. And yeah, today we're going to do a show all about uh, practical advice on living vegan. So we talk a lot about sort of animal issues more generally and a key part of... I guess, yeah, standing up for animals is being vegan. Not to say there aren't other things people can do beyond being vegan, like animal activism, for example, but veganism is definitely an important part of the puzzle and it's something we haven't really spoken about in any detail on the show. There's sort of practical advice uh, on living vegan, like eat, what to eat, yeah, how to, yeah, tips for eating out, all these kind of things beyond diet as well. Um, but yeah, maybe we should start off just from the very top, um, talking about what is veganism. And I've got a definition this is from the UK Vegan Society. Um, and, and basically, well, it's sort of from the Vegan Australia website, partly quoting vegan, uh, UK Vegan Society. But veganism is, veganism is based on respect for animals, on the idea that we should exclude, as far as is possible and practical, all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to animals for food, clothing or any other purpose so yeah i guess what we're talking about and veganism can mean all kinds of things to many different people but i guess like uh, i know for myself and and for adam as well it's not just sort of a diet like you know i'm gonna try the paleo diet maybe i'll you know lose weight or now try the vegan diet or whatever it's more like a political ethical stance that happens to involve a dietary aspect which we'll talk about quite a lot but there's a lot more to it than diet i guess yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So veganism for me is um, an ethical position that you take. Mm. And yes, diet is a large part of that because a large part of animal exploitation mm. occurs through our consumption of them, through our diets, but it's not the only part of it. And I think a lot of people, when they think about veganism, mm. who might not be vegan or, or people who first go vegan, they might think it is just about diet, but mm. it's certainly not. And if there's people that are vegan or um, saying that they're vegan, but they don't push beyond just that dietary aspect. I actually think that they're, they're dietary vegans or they're plant-based dieters. Yeah, and there's actually a lot of doctors promoting a plant-based diet for health, and they actually are quite saying that they're saying veganism is this political thing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about health, so we want to use the term plant-based diet. So it's not just vegans saying, like, we don't want you to use our term. Actually, some who are promoting a different thing who are just focusing on health actually saying, well, this is a different thing to this political kind of commitment. And I guess for me, the the diet is kind of very secondary or incidental it's more a a um an outcome of the ethical stance rather than the other way around i guess yeah and often um the research suggests that the people who uh go quote vegan unquote um for different reasons for ethics um who have animals most in mind uh, for the environment or for health reasons people who go vegan or eat a plant-based diet, which is what the research is really looking at, because um, they don't ask about things other than diet usually. Um, people that go vegan for health are really doing it um, for reasons, for personal reasons often, mm -hmm. and it's much less about the animals, whereas veganism at its heart very much has the um, animals at its, at its core. And the reason that you're abstaining from certain products or um, living a life that doesn't include animals is for them rather than as a health um, benefit for yourself. And the other, the other tricky thing with the diet angle or saying we should all go vegan for our health or because it's great for us is that a diet that contains a small amount of animal flesh, be it fish or a small amount of um, certain other animals, is actually very healthy for you and as healthy as a vegan diet um, or a plant-based diet. So trying to suggest that people go vegan just for um, health 
doesn't do justice to the animals and it also um, leaves open a lot of room for arguments. Well, yeah, I, ca- I could go plant-based, um, diet, have a plant-based diet, but if I am only doing it for health, then a little bit of fish flesh will also be okay for me. Mm, yeah, and I generally try and always frame it the other way as in go vegan for animals and you can be healthy. You can get all the nutrients, not so much go vegan for health, but you can be healthy. You can get all the nutrients you need uh, from, from vegan sources. Raj actually saying you should go vegan for health and also thinking of veganism in terms of like a diet if anyone you know who has tried dieting like how many of those diets have you tried your whole life like there was <laughs> a, there was one that was like maple syrup and cayenne pepper or something it was like i think beyonce tried it or something like that or or made it popular or something but like none of these diets people you know have done long term and speaking of research as well I, I believe that also comes out in the research that people who do go vegan or eat plant-based for health reasons tend to not be as long-term whereas when it is an ethical stand for animals it tends to last um, much longer yep and that's that's just that that mindset of why you're doing things Mm -hmm. if you're doing it for animals and you recognize the consequences and you're taking an action you're changing your behavior for other individuals you're much more likely to stick to it Mm. and i think there has been a lot of discussion around veganism becoming mainstream and getting media attention and these kind of things which is all definitely true Um, but i'd say there's probably different representations of veganism in the animal movement compared to in mainstream media like newspapers and television news in that often it is a maybe a more limited representation in terms of maybe like a healthy diet in Mm. terms of the mainstream media versus in the animal movement very much part of the ethical stance for animals which may involve again and other actions um, which may not necessarily be advocating for veganism but other campaigns like against duck shooting whatever the case may be um, but it's very much an ethical stand amongst animal advocates anyway yeah. yeah and linking this back to previous episodes we last show we had ollie hornung gave a talk on creative activism and one thing ollie touched on was veganism as prefigurative politics and prefigurative politics is basically the idea of creating this um, new world in the shell of the old so sort of creating that world we want not in the future like we hope we can reach this like we can actually do it right now and i think veganism on the individual level is really important in that in terms of not just imagining a world where we don't exploit animals but showing right now we can uh, live without harming animals and we can um yeah put that into practice on the individual levels i think veganism is really important in that respect uh, maybe we'll start off with i'll go over to adam so why did you become vegan oh it was a fairly long sort of process for me i, I went vegetarian um a few years prior and that didn't stick for very long didn't have a very supportive um group of people around me uh, my partner at the time wasn't particularly supportive uh then um met my now new partner, my, my wife now, and we went vegetarian because we, you know, we loved animals, as is always the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an env- environmentalist, environmental scientist, and um, I sort of was recognising the issues around eating certain animal products and climate change and those sorts of things, and also, you know, love of animals. So we went vegetarian for a couple of years, and then I don't know what it was. I I, I don't think I really came across veganism for a couple of years while I was vegetarian. And then I was we were still consuming um, eggs and dairy uh, for two years, and I started doing some research where I travelled to dairy farms a, a fair bit. I went to dairy farms from Tasmania all the way up to Queensland in Australia on the east coast of Australia. So that's thousands of kilometres, um, different dairy farms all the way up across the country. And at every dairy farm, I saw something really horrific that s- sticks with me to until this day. I can see it quite vividly in my mind, the, um, the state of the dairy cows in those farms and... Um, and that's what sent me vegan. I, I couldn't continue to justify eating um, dairy and seeing the impact that that was having, the dairy industry was having on those individuals, like seeing it right next to me because I was at these dairy farms and I was within sort of touching distance to many, many of these dairy cows who were suffering horrific um, horrific experiences. And I just, I said to my wife, I was on the road, I was away for six weeks on a um, research trip and I called her up one day and I said, you know, I'm going to go vegan. I'm not eating dairy uh, or eggs anymore. And I think it'd be great if you could too. Um, 
I'd encourage you to watch Earthlings, and then and she's like, "No, I'm not watching that. I'm vegan too." <laughs> and so easy way out. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And so um, since we've been vegan, and that was uh, in two, 20, 2012, so several years ago now, and haven't looked back. And it was just a really transformative thing in my life. Really transformed the way I looked at many, many different things within mm. within our world. Mm, yeah, and I, I guess for me it was a time when I was already getting into, um, yeah, sort of more human-focused social justice, uh, environmental issues, uh, anti-war movements. This was around the Iraq War, start of the Iraq War, so going back a, a long, long time. And I, I guess just um, yeah, getting seeing this uh, animal rights stall, sort of I was picking up all information on human issues, human rights issues, environmental issues, and then when I got these flyers about veganism, it didn't really feel like a stretch or something different. It was more just like extending that just as those who might be um, already concerned about racism, sexism, and then learn about issues around disability and um, tackling ableism, these kind of things. So not to say all these forms of oppression are the same, but they're, they're very similar in terms of the privileged or dominant group assuming their interests are more important, uh, devaluing groups for arbitrary reasons whether that is gender or race or species in this case and so it really just felt like yeah of course I'm already into this other stuff of, of course this makes sense and yeah I, I guess for me um, that was yeah, m- yeah many years ago I think about maybe 13 years ago or so um, oh no it would have been further than that because I went vegetarian further so maybe 17 years ago went vegetarian right away as many of us do or many of us did then I think less people are doing this now um, mm. and yeah about three or so years later just got reminded of the issues of the egg and dairy industry which you kind of touched on there and there are obviously different levels of suffering in you know, each individual dairy farm there's also the standard practices that involve um yes yeah, slaughtering the controlling of female bodies all these you know, fundamental problems that even though there's slightly different levels of suffering these problems are yeah in every single dairy farm uh for example and there's obviously other industries as well so uh yeah it was kind of just being reminded of those issues but when I first went, um, yeah, vegetarian and, and sort of heard about, ve- it was all about veganism, but went vegetarian first. And the reason for that was kind of going through my local supermarket, going through the fruit and veg section, and I was fine. Then as soon as I got to the first aisle, sort of everything had a little bit of milk in the soup or tin soup had milk, and it was just too much. And there's a lot more resources out there now, or maybe there already was, but I just wasn't aware of them or whatever. Um, but maybe we'd touch a little bit on transitioning because I think, you know, vegetarian is a lot of the way people go, or at least used to go and also i think at that time a lot of the messaging from the groups i was getting information from like peter for example it was all go veg go vegetarian so i kind of felt like i was doing enough away mm-hmm. in a way and i think groups like peter have changed their language a lot and increasingly are embracing the term vegan uh, and other groups as well so i think things have moved along now but i mean i guess i think people should go at their own pace uh, sam tucker spoke at the animal activist forum um, last year which i went to and talked about that sometimes people go vegan right away and that's kind of too much and then they're more likely to go back so it is a matter of going at your own pace but i wouldn't necessarily recommend going vegetarian first uh, just because it does sort of create that maybe complacency it's like whichever mm. way you go i guess it's always thinking like veganism is the goal whatever pace you want to go do you have any advice around that yeah i i, I am the same and i think i think that message really has changed over mm. the last sort of five years that um it's it's go vegan and that is the end goal mm-hmm. um and from a behavioral change perspective having having that um that final goal of, of veganism is really important as well it makes it um much more um achievable and challenge the challenge of going vegan and um having the clear goal of going vegan um, helps the psychology of behavioural change. And behavioural change is very difficult. I think one of the things that is most difficult for many people that I've spoken to, um, and for myself uh, in particular, was just the um, the people around me changing mm-hmm. as I changed mm-hmm. and the, the ways that I viewed them and they viewed me and the stigma around um, excluding animal products from your life and the flack that you get from that. So I think one of the most important things to do as a uh, someone transitioning to veganism is to find some people who will support you whether they are vegans themselves or not it's particularly good i think if you can find some vegans find some people that um you'll be able to talk to about what you're experiencing what you're starting to recognize as the the really large atrocities that occur to animals you're able to have and speak through these things i think that's really cathartic um but if there's people 
who um, who accept what you're doing and don't give you shit for it, basically. Make sure you keep those people around. Mm. And for the people who do give you shit, and particularly family, for me it was, a lot of my family would you know make jibes and jokes and things. That happened and it, and it will likely happen for a lot of people. I've, I've heard that it's becoming less and less common mm. um, for people who have transitioned or younger people who I know who have transitioned recently. But if you do have um, have people who pick on you and things like that, don't – You, I mean, it's totally up to you. You could isolate them from your life and not have anything to do with them and sometimes that feels appropriate for some people. Um, but they will get over it eventually. Mm. Um, it's a challenge for them to see you uh, change. It's a challenge um, for them to see you – they feel that you're making a moral judgment on their own behaviours and on their own um, lifestyle or life choices. Um, so they become defensive about that and th that defensiveness makes them become aggressive sometimes and negative and it might be um, veiled in humour, poorly, poorly um, timed humour and just bad humour, but they don't see the, um, the impact and the damage often that they're doing to you by being negative about your choice to be vegan. I'd say give them time to get over that and they will. I've, I've, my brother is a butcher. Um, my family, large number of my families are hunters. My brother's a hunter as well. And, you know, they would give me shit for a long time because <laughs> it just went so far against what they believe and how they live their lives. Um, but a year in, a year and a half in, they knew that it wasn't changing and it just doesn't come up anymore. And if it does, I'm way better at knocking them down and making sure they know that, <laughs> that their um, ethical position and their moral position isn't great. And mm -hmm. so they get very uncomfortable. And you develop that skill as you go. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as in the beginning, just, just um, recognise and realise that your change, your behavioural change is good and it's doing good for animals and it's doing good for others. And let that be what gets you through the hard times. Mm. And I think there there are definitely ways that you can gradually go um, that don't necessarily put... And I guess the danger of vegetarianism, it kind of puts like meat as worse than dairy and eggs, for example, which isn't true because animals still slaughter the egg and dairy industries. And so, yeah, I guess some other ways you can go gradually. One I've heard is just taking it one meal at a time, like vegan breakfast, vegan lunch, and then vegan dinner is kind of one way. Um, I think my partner went, um, yeah, vegetarian one new year and then went vegan the next new year. So you could just set it like new year's resolution to go vegan that's kind of appropriate at the time we're recording this episode as well so that can be a way to do it like setting a certain time that mm. you do it like trying to do as best you can and then sort of set that date um whatever works for you but whichever way you go again i think it is important like again my, my sort of one thing i regret is uh being vegetarian for three or four years and even though knowing vegan was the right thing and kind of losing sight of that goal of veganism kind of getting stuck in vegetarianism so like whichever way you go i've always thinking i am trying to get to veganism at whatever whatever kind of um point that is and one important things, a couple of important things about goals is when you set goals. I teach a little bit of this at, um, at university to my yep. students, but is that we have different um, different states, or we think about goals in a couple of different ways. And we've got the far off goal that gets us motivated. It's the, the exciting thing that we want to achieve, and that is being vegan. You know, being vegan is that far off goal. Um, you're going to get there. It's going to be great. Once you're there, you, you realise and recognise all the fantastic things that will mean for your life. You'll be a bit healthier. You'll not be hurting animals um, as much anymore and, all, and you'll be having a lower impact on the environment. You'll meet new cool people. Um, and when we only think about that distant goal, um, we, we don't really – it's harder for us to achieve. Mm. So we've got to think about the distant goal, think about that thing that we want to achieve, but also think about the barriers – that are there, that are going to stop you getting in the way. And then once you've identified those barriers, maybe it's around family not being supportive, maybe it's around not knowing what to cook or where to buy food that you can eat, um, then you need to start thinking about short-term goals and break it down. So what are the things that are going to help you overcome barriers in the short term? Or what is the goal for tomorrow that will help you get to the goal of being vegan? And maybe that is, just like Nick was saying, Tomorrow for breakfast, I am going to have a vegan breakfast. So that means I'm going to have some porridge with soy milk and some stewed apples. Mm. Simple as that. And there you've, you've already started your journey. You started your steps towards the larger goal, which is being vegan. Mm. 
Yeah, that's good. Good, uh, good advice. And yeah, so the step could even be something as simple as next time I go to the supermarket, I'm going to buy a couple of different non-dairy milks and see whether mm. I like almond or soy or whatever. And <laughs> just so I'm, I'm not vegan, but I'm I'm going to try try and switch over my, my milk. And so that's really important. Taking those little sips of steps as well. And yeah, I think there are these really practical things which are barriers to veganism. I think also for a lot of people though, they don't quite get it yet. They kind of feel like they kind of should be vegan, but it's not necessarily practical things that are holding back. They just haven't quite got it yet and so i guess most of the advice isn't for that latter group now so if that is the case for you it's more a matter of you know doing research online there's videos you can watch you can watch earthlings if you're in the right frame of mind <laughs> as adam mentioned or just don't don't watch it and just go vegan like jess did but um but yeah there, there obviously it's just a matter of informing yourself and see whether this is an ethical you know whether you support this ethical stance i think that is the case for a lot of people but then there are some who really get it uh but just can't uh struggling with practical issues eating out um yeah eating at home all this kind of thing so that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of the show we're going to take a track though um this is good clean fun vegan revolution draft dodger and yeah um hopefully this isn't a bit of a mean one but it is it all in good fun it's basically just about all the excuses people give for not being vegan i guess so um yeah i thought it was kind of a relevant one we've got a bunch of uh, vegan songs for today i think Sonic Agenda presents Ra Ra, a feminist punk rock retrospective of Melbourne, from the Wet Ones to Wet Fest, happening across Spiegel Tent and the Tote, January 12th. Daytime panels with Claire Moore, Sarah Hardiman, Sue Shaw, Karina Utomo, plus more. Nighttime show includes Terrible Truths, Moody Beaches, Laser Tits, Mace, and Rock and Roll High School Band Reunions. Tickets at thetotehotel.com. Supported by Creative Victoria and City of Yarra. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR and we're doing a whole show all about practical advice on living vegan. So we've sort of outlined a bit about vegan philosophy and what veganism is in the first part. In the next part, it's all going to be about practical advice, um, how to eat vegan, how to live vegan in general, uh, eating out, eating at home, all that kind of thing. I just wanted to give a bit of a disclaimer that we will just sort of incidentally in this discussion be promoting, not promoting, but mentioning a lot of, you know, products, companies, etc. So just want to mention none of these are paid endorsements. They're purely based on our own experiences, preferences, et cetera. None of these are yeah, pay, paid advertisements for any of these companies that we happen to mention, but it's kind of impossible to avoid doing that when you're yeah, talking about you know, how, to, how to buy vegan products, for example. So I thought I'd start off with um, yeah, e- eating out. So that, yeah, that is something that I've, I've known people even back in Perth who were, I kind of mentioned the idea of like some people really get the ethics, and, but they just struggle practically and others like like sort of understand veganism is probably a good thing but don't maybe quite get it something they definitely should do but this is someone who totally gets it and it was just like I haven't eaten out since I've been vegan which mm-hmm. is kind of a kind of a real shame for that individual but also not to say like they're letting down the cause or anything but if, if that if friend of theirs meet them okay I could go vegan but I'm never gonna never gonna be able to eat out again and so I think this kind of advice is useful not only to convince people to go vegan but even just sort of hopefully making things a bit easier if people are already vegan and then showing others that it actually can be easier and even someone in melbourne i met recently who'd been yeah vegan and wild just like yeah it's impossible to eat out and um yeah it's definitely not the case if you have a have a bit of information i guess so yeah i guess in terms of eating out um the website or app happy cow so it's happycow.net and there's also an app which you can get on your phone and yeah that is really that's there, there's a whole wide range of different websites just that that's just one i use personally uh and that's really great all around the world so both you know wh- wherever you're living but also if you're traveling um you can just go like vegan restaurants near my location or vegan friendly or whatever and pretty much anywhere around the world you can find some places like obviously bigger cities are generally easier but um yeah it's definitely something that 
uh, definitely when me and my partner is vegan, when we go traveling, when we're picking a hotel, we actually look for those green spots on the Happy Cow, which are all vegan restaurants and kind of book around that. Uh, do you have any hints for, hints for now? Definitely happy. I did want to actually before I mentioned before I go to Adam, uh, you can get the app for free, but you can also give them a few bucks as well. And you get a bit of a, like a bigger thing. I think you've got more options, that kind of thing. So if you, you know, obviously if you are short on money, definitely get the free one. But if you do have a few bucks, I think it's quite well worth supporting them as well. But do you have any, any advice for um, eating out Adam vegan? Yeah. So uh, there are, there are some places that um, aren't great for mm. finding vegan options. Uh, you might often be able to find at least a bowl of chips Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I, I, when I, when we first went vegan, um, I often would go out with friends and things, and I, I'd be eating chips for dinner. Um, make ask if the oil they're using is um, is not from animals; it's plant based oil. But it can really help just by just just call up a place before you're going and say, you know, I'm coming in, some friends with family or whatever. And I'm vegan. Do you have anything that can be done? Um, if they've got a good team in the kitchen, they've got some good chefs, they'll be more than helpful. And if they don't already have things on their menus. Nowadays, mo- like lots and lots of places already have options on the menu that are vegan. Um, when you get outside the city and you like in my local um, town, I live in a re- really small town uh, around the Bay of called Port Arlington. And it's got a population of about three thousand, and it um, they're all people who are retired. It's and the it's thirty percent of the um, homes are occupied year round. The rest are holiday homes, so it's a very quiet, very small place. Um, but the golf club there has just recently put in a vegan menu. Right. You know, um, we asked when we first got down there. We asked the pub that's been there for one hundred and fifty years whether they do anything vegan. They said absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So we just don't go there. But mm-hmm. there's other places where we've asked the Indian place, the Chinese place down there. They all will certainly more than happy to do vegan things for us. So if you ask, then you'll find something. And mm-hmm. there will be places that don't, and just ignore them. Just go to the next spot. Mm. and you'll find somewhere for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I think even in maybe more regional areas, um, yeah, any like sort of um, Asian, like Chinese or Indian kind of food, generally they will have vegan food without even going out of their way because there's mm. sort of tofu in the coast of like Asian and Chinese dishes. In India, there's yeah, chickpeas and that kind of thing. So it's just a matter of avoiding things like ghee in the Indian yeah. ones. So asking that dairy, they might slightly change the way I cook it or avoiding fish sauce in the case of Chinese restaurants. So it might involve like a question, but they've basically already got the ingredients there in a lot of those places just even if they're not a vegan place or whatever yep and you can often um, when you ask you can often tell if someone knows what you're talking about Mm -hmm. and if they don't then just press them a little bit harder on on whether they know what veganism is and Mm. whether they know what it means and what they can prepare for you but for instance down at this chinese restaurant the the people were like oh yeah yeah yeah. we've we've got um buddhist family and they're they're vegan so we cook Mm. vegan all the time so we're very comfortable often in chinese you want to be a little bit more suspicious maybe or a little bit more cautious um, because they might use a lot of fish sauce but you can you can get a feel for whether the people there know what they're talking about mm-hmm. and yeah definitely with, with websites like happy cow often you, like if a place is listed on happy cow you definitely don't have to call ahead so you can often avoid that but as you say if you're in an area that's maybe a more regional area or maybe it's like your friends or family have organized like we're eating at this place and it has to be that place like i have done that thing you've mentioned like called ahead to a pub or something which isn't it's not the cornish arms it's not like a vegan menu or anything like that and called in advance and got quite a decent meal like mm. it's not amazing but just some rice and veggies and soy sauce which has been pretty nice and i've eaten and it's been fine like i wouldn't choose to go out there if it was me but it was it was good enough so yeah definitely calling ahead can be good if you if you can't find a place that is specifically uh vegan or or, or even vegan friendly the kind of places that are on happy cow um yeah. and, and and i would say that sort of bistros and pubs and restaurants associated with pubs outside of the city rural areas they're your worst mm-hmm. like you'll get some pretty substandard meals there i mean mm-hmm. even their their non-vegan meals are pretty substandard <laughs> so don't expect too much like um but you you should be able to find something and if you can't head along 
Try and get a bowl of chips and yeah. you'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. Absolute worst case scenario. Really bad place. But you want to go out with friends and family, you can just have your dinner before and then, then mm. go along and get a drink or whatever. Um, but yeah, again, websites like Happy Cow generally mean that you can avoid that. And yeah, certainly had that. Um, yeah, there, there is that issue of not understanding veganism. I remember the local pizza shop near me back in Perth. And again, things have advanced since then in Perth, definitely here in Melbourne as well. But I remember saying, like, do you have vegan pizza? I'm like, no. And then I was like, okay, does your base have eggs or dairy? No. Can you do a pizza with only veggies? Yeah, we can. So it's like sometimes that, sometimes it's more a matter of like explaining things rather than using vegan, but it all depends yeah. where you are. You can sort of, yeah, get a feel for who you're speaking to in terms of how they do. But a lot of people are becoming more aware of, of that term. And I did want to also mention the, the song we played before, Vegan Revolution Draft Dodger, the lyric, don't expect me to eat pizza without cheese. Now there are so many places, again, particularly if you are in inner city Melbourne, there's Red Sparrow down the road is one of my favourites. But plenty of places you can actually go out to an all-vegan pizzeria or at least go out to and get, like, vegan pizza with cheese. So yeah. Well, when we first went down to Port Arlington at the start of last year, 2016, there was there's two pizza shops in Port Arlington. There's one that's open during the busy periods and there's one that's open year-round. Mm-hmm. The one that's open year-round walked in, said, oh, can you do a vegan pizza? Exactly the same as what mm-hmm. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And they just sort of looked at me and went, no. Nah. They yeah. were really <laughs> yeah. snide about it. And I'm like, okay, I won't, I won't bother going there again. I'll go to another place. Then recently we found out just up the road, the one that's open during the holidays, they have a vegan pizza with vegan cheese. Wow. And this is in a tiny little town. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So things are really... definitely moving along. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I always think like with the quite small number of vegans that we've got a small proportion of vegans, like we've already got such amazing like mock meats and cheeses and everything. Like how, if, if we got to say 10% of people in Australia being vegan, like what would we have then? Like it yeah. already seems like there's so many different vegan cheeses and increasingly they're in all kinds of different shops you'd least expect. So it is definitely getting easier and easier. It very much depends on your circumstance. So yeah, yeah Adam's experience of eating out is probably different to mine uh, living in inner city Melbourne. But, yeah. So there are, there are definitely individual circumstances. It's not definitely like a certain level of easiness. It very much depends on your circumstances and is your partner vegan? Is your family vegan? There are definitely things, but overall it is definitely getting easier. Um, also, we wanted to touch on just uh, food shopping as well. And um, one thing I did want to mention, so, I mean, there are like all vegan shops, like there's a cruelty-free shop, which is just down the road from here, which is an all vegan shop and you just go in there and everything is vegan, um, which is really good. But these kind of specialty shops do tend to be more expensive so a lot of people have to do a bulk of their shopping at major supermarkets for financial reasons and yeah again it is great to support the smaller places and all vegan places etc but when you are buying from supermarkets I'd really recommend the living vegan cheat sheet I definitely use that when I'm going shopping and obviously the longer you're vegan you kind of know what is and what's not but when I see a new product I I look it up on here so it's available at livingvegan.com.au and yeah, it's just a vegan cheat sheet and it's got an amazingly long list of vegan products and most of those are actually, they're not just at specialty shops, they're actually at Coles, Woolworths, IGA, these kind of things where a lot of people do their shopping. So it doesn't necessarily have to be going out of your way if you're short on time or also buying expensive products if you're short on money. There's so many vegan products uh, at your local supermarket, it's just a matter of finding them. Mm. Yeah. And with... with, um, with- buying products at your local supermarket. One of the great things about going vegan, I suppose, is that you can eat a lot more whole foods and yeah. um, because, you know, veggies, fruit, grains, beans, rice, all those sorts of things are vegan, mm. you know. Lots and lots of things we eat. It's when you start getting processed foods mm. that you start to um, need to read things. I eat lots of processed foods. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm certainly not advocating that healthy lifestyle. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, I, I just and I just sort of look at the label. Um, often now they'll have whether it contains milk or nuts or whatever. They'll have a big bold and they'll have milk in bold because it's an allergy for many people as well. Um, but yeah, just look at look at labels and um, and all of the supermarkets now have a vegan frozen section, a vegan section in the um, cold foods sort of spot in the fridges. And you can certainly find plenty of stuff there to eat. Mm. And I think also there's 
definitely you'll find a lot of vegan specialty products that are clearly labelled as vegan is in the, in the health food section. Mm. Uh, I did want to also mention that in terms of the vegan cheat sheet, what you'll find on there is also uh, products which are more what they call like accidentally vegan. So, for example, there's a bunch of Arnott's biscuits and you might want to buy the biscuits from the health ones and supporting small companies, those kind of things, but they do tend to be more expensive. So for those who are on a low income, it might be easier to buy like a $2 pack of vegan biscuits from the Arnott's from the, like the just general biscuit section as well. So, yeah, definitely there's heaps of products which are very sort of visibly vegan in the uh, health food section. Uh, again, there's all sort of vegan products everywhere, as you say, lentils, chickpeas, mm. rice, uh, veggies, fruits, but in terms of more processed food, there is actually not just in the health food section but but throughout, but you need to know which one. So that's where the vegan um, vegan cheat sheet comes in. So that should make your life a lot easier. And with, uh, with, with the processed foods, like with the, um, the faux meats and things or the seitan or whatever, you're getting like schnitzels and sausages and stuff there are a whole bunch of brands out there mm. and you'll find them at different supermarkets have different deals so you'll have um, some at the Woolworths different ones at um, Coles and another type at Aldi I'm thinking of mm. sausages for instance mm. and they're all different so if you buy one sausage like mm. sanitarium sausages I, which, I, I'm, which, I'm a fan of oh, that oh they're, they're the good. worst they're, anyway let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah after the show yeah. um, <laughs> you you might find one that you don't really like. Don't just throw in the towel and say, I'm not going to like any sausages, mm -hmm. any vegan sausages. Try a few different types because yeah. there'll certainly be one that you'll really like. And a cheap cheap one that's just good for the dollar is the Aldi sausages as well. Mm -hmm. um, they're all... Aldi does a few different things um, that are nice and cheap and vegan. And I'd imagine there is more of all that kind of stuff in an inner city supermarket. But I believe even out your way, there's still yeah. fairly similar range. Is that yeah, right? no, yeah, we're yeah. pretty much the same range. Oh, same. Yeah. Okay, there you go. The sort of standardization and corporatization pays <laughs> yeah. off there for, for <laughs> vegans in that respect. Um, and yeah, I did want to also mention, again, there are all the processed foods. But yeah, we won't give health advice. Neither of us are nutritionists. But from the phys physicians... All healthy. <laughs> no. I'm, uh, I'm not healthy. <laughs> I, I, I'd consider myself fairly healthy. But... Um, uh, Physi Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, they've got their vegetarian starter kit. And basically, they talk about n the new four food groups, which is fruits, whole grains like bread, rice, pasta, and cereal, legumes such as beans, lentils, chickpeas, and soy products, and vegetables. And I think like not only are all of those products easy to find at the supermarket and have to read labels and all that kind of thing, but it's actually not actually that different to how people are already eating. So people are already eating fruits, already eating whole grains, already eating vegetables. It's just a matter of getting nutrients like um, protein, iron, etc., from legumes rather than meat and dairy products, basically. So it's not that much of a change. It's just, you're still eating the same three food groups or rather than getting your um yeah rather than those two which is like meat and dairy and eggs and those kind of things you're just getting them from legumes so it's fairly basic in that way and even if you're not eating um because i know quite a few people who don't particularly like to eat fruits and vegetables and do have a very um heavy animal flesh diet mm -hmm. even if you are eating a heavy animal flesh diet there are ways to go about transitioning away from that um and introducing new things i think i'm from a another sort of rural city and the, I mean, I think Australian sort of, um, if you could call it cuisine, is pretty <laughs> lacklustre and my upbringing um, had some pretty bland and boring um, food as I was growing up, meat and three veg, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so once I went vegan, I was then eating a whole lot of new things. Mm. Um, and I think the easiest thing, if you're, if you're sort of overwhelmed, you don't know what to cook and it's just easier to cook that beef, beef flesh and so a couple of veggies on the side, try and think of some really standard um, meals that you can cook and that you enjoy and just have them there ready if you're overwhelmed and you can't think of what to cook. For instance, our go-to one is roasted or baked sweet potato or baked potato and then a whole bunch of stuff on top. Mm. Just find whatever you like, you know, um, corn, avocado, some vegan cheese, some vegan sour cream, <laughs> some chickpeas, mm. tomatoes. You just chuck the, all that stuff on top and mm. you, you're doing a good one. 
Mm. Yeah. And I think also, yeah, one thing me and my partner do in terms of meeting those four food groups, like obviously eating your fruit, that's like something everyone does, whether you're vegan or not. not but it, no, not, not everyone does no, it. I everyone know, should. Everyone yeah, knows yeah, yeah. they should. Well, yeah, right? like it's not, yeah, I know plenty of people that don't eat fruit. But it's not a specific issue to vegans, really. No, that's no, quite no. As, Yeah, but yeah. yeah so, I mean, yeah, obviously people should eat their fruit uh, yeah. or it's a good idea to eat your fruit. Like it's kind of your choice regarding your health. But in terms of like the other things like grains, uh, legumes and vegetables, I mean, not being strict about this, but like most meals trying to hit all three of those that could be like rice with some tofu and veggies it could be like um pasta with um yeah pasta with i'm saying tofu again but yeah tofu or yeah chickpeas or whatever and then some veggies but yeah trying trying to hit those three food groups for most most meals as well and again you can do that fairly um yeah simply and easily and and cheaply as well in Mm. terms of um yeah eating more the whole foods if you want to go down that road um but i did want to touch on well maybe we'll get back to some of the vegan eating a bit more at the end but i wanted to touch a little bit on responding adam touched on this at the start but responding to common questions vegans get asked so this is something that comes up and as adam mentioned often when you first go vegan you'll get this but then at least the same people often get bored of it after a while but do you have any uh, advice in terms of responding to questions which are more mocking kind of questions or just questions in general it, de- it depends what sort of person you are mm. like i love a good mm. conversation <laughs> um, so i'm happy to go to toe-to-toe with people Mm. and um, just talk for hours really trying to nail down a point. Mm. Um, If you're not into that, then then just say, you know, I'm not sure of the answer, but there's this website or go and go and check it out on online or I'll come back to you. A really good one is um, just to, if you're not feeling like the conversation right, then just say, you know, I'm, I'm not really um, up to chatting about this right now, but maybe we could have that conversation in a week or two. Mm. You can go away, you can have a think about it, you can have a look online. There's tons of websites out there that give really detailed answers to lots of these questions, um, and then you can come back to them. Mm. Um, but never feel like you need to have those conversations. If you like it and, you, and you've and you sort of got some ideas and you know sort of what you're talking about, then go for it. Um, or even if you just want to think things through, I find having really long, extensive conversations about the finer details of specific points um, can be really great for a nice philosophical conversation with people. Um, but yeah, just gauge your own interest, your own sort of state, gauge the person's intent and their own state. Because if they are simply just mocking you and, and being nasty, it's best just to walk away, really. Mm. I mean, I used to get quite angry and um, be be aggressive back towards those people mm-hmm. and it never really got me anywhere um it didn't change their mind because they weren't in a state where they were ready to listen they weren't interested in what i was um or why i was vegan um, so it's just best not to waste your energy on those people. Mm, and I, I guess I'd give two points of advice that I guess I'd say generally try and give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Now, obviously, as you say, sometimes they can be obviously mocking. In that case, you might just want to deflect it or whatever. But I remember here uh, a while ago, um, yeah, someone um, close to my partner, Katie, they um, they said to us like, oh, where do you get your protein from? And like we could have just rolled our eyes, but we just went through. We get it from you know, lentils and chickpeas, peanut butter is good and nuts and beans and all this kind of stuff and then not that long after that they're like oh i'm vegan now so that Mm. they they may have actually just been weighed up in the head it wasn't a mocking thing it wasn't just like they wanted to ask it and so actually just asking that genuinely it may have had nothing to do with them going vegan but again that question may have actually been them kind of thinking about veganism so that's a good point yeah yeah. people people often are just interested yeah yeah yeah. and i guess the second thing i'd say sometimes yeah i'm someone who quite enjoys this as well like these debates and discussions or quite happy to engage with it and i think yeah again you definitely can shut it down if you don't want to have the discussion but I, I find even if the like in a sort of group situation like even if the person asking you is mocking the other people listening in may not be so I often just respond to them anyway and hoping someone else might get something out of it, even though I'm not really interested in convincing that person uh, just the main reason for that is I remember I had a friend years ago and they were not vegan and then they just went they skipped vegetarianism went straight to vegan and the reason for that was basically some of their friends were having discussions with other people and they were basically saying why vegan is the way to go rather than vegetarian it wasn't even to him but he just sort of overheard that conversation and because he knew those arguments he just said well I know vegetarian is sort of like it misses the point like animals are still being killed etc and so he went straight to veganism so you come like sometimes you can have an impact bigger than the people mm. you're speaking to as well so I try and consider that as well uh, we better go to a track and this is what this song's all about all different uh, questions vegans get it's called vegan myths debunked 
And the song is by Jonathan Mann. Hey, Ivory. Yeah, Jonathan. You're vegan, right? Yes, that's right, I am. Can I ask you some questions then? Sure, man. Of course you can. Are you ready for the questions then? What are you waiting for? Where do you get your protein? Protein, protein. Only meat has protein. So where do you get your protein? Actually, lots of things have protein. Beans have protein. Greens have protein. Most LGBTIQ people experience positive, intimate, and family relationships. However, like cisgendered heterosexual people, some LGBTIQ people experience abuse and violence in their relationships. With Respect is a new family violence service for LGBTIQ plus Victorians, providing counseling and recovery programs for victims and survivors of family violence and help for people using violence who want to stop. With Respect is a partnership between Queer Space, Thorn Harbour Health, Switchboard Victoria and Transgender Victoria. For more information, visit withrespect.org.au or call 1-800-542-847. With Respect is not a crisis service. If you need immediate help, call 000. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. You're listening to Freedom of Species, Animal Advocacy on the Airwaves, and this show has been all about practical advice on living vegan. Uh, we've got the last few minutes to give some advice. I thought we'd, we've covered a lot about diet, which again is sort of a big part of it in terms of, you know, three three to or more than three times a day for many of us in terms of how it sort of affects our lives. But I did want to touch on, you know, some aspects beyond diet as well. So yeah, do you have any advice, Adam, for living vegan, not just food-wise, but other other aspects, whether that's clothing or entertainment or anything else. Yeah, so I suppose um, just just have a think about what you're doing and and whether it's hurting, oppressing, impacting an animal. So if you're going to the to the shops, and I mean you do should well not should, but mm-hmm. I certainly do this um, around human issues as well. If you're going to a store and you're going to buy something, is it produced by someone in a um, sweatshop mm-hmm. or is it the skin of a cow and if it is then it's going to be have hurt a cow at some stage so think about whether that's impacting an animal and if it is then stay try to stay away from it stay away from it um same with entertainment a lot of people uh might you know enjoy the zoo or they might go to another country and go and ride on an elephant but try to really think about what is it like for that elephant to live in that way often shackled often trained with abusive methods um, not having its own agency not being able to do what it would naturally do and having you crawl all over it is that a good thing for that individual think Mm. about the the state of mind that you are putting that individual in same with same with zoos Uh, are the is the zoo for instance a good place for these animals to be they're often confined in very small environments they don't have freedom of movement um to a very large extent. Uh, You can see signs of um, significant uh, psychological issues um, or psychological health issues in a lot of animals in these places. Think about being in their position. That's that's often I'll bring it back to. Mm. Um, What is the animal's perspective in this thing? And if it is a negative experience, I'll try to avoid it. Mm. So... I really love the idea of animal perspectives mm. and trying to think about what the animal perspective is. Mm. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. And I've definitely thought about a similar, not necessarily using that language, but thought about that before. And I think I mentioned this on the show before, but I know like philosophers like Peter Singer are like, go to the slaughterhouse and see if you're okay with the conditions. It's like, but are the animals are okay with those conditions? That's more what it's about. And mm. obviously we're always human centric to a degree because we are humans, but you can look at any slaughterhouse footage and can tell the animal doesn't want to be slaughtered. It doesn't really matter whether I'm okay with being slaughtered. They're not okay with being slaughtered. I think that is what we have to come back to (laughs) i think uh, the one that i use nowadays is and lots of people say well if you if if you can go and kill the animal yourself then you are able to do it but i think the the real test is 
are you happy for an animal to come and kill you and use your <laughs> yes. use your flesh? If you're yeah. if you're happy with that, let them do it, and then you yeah. can start exploiting animals. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That that's a better way to look at it, but because uh, then you're really experiencing what they're experiencing. Yeah, exactly. And I think like things like yeah, when it comes to entertainment, like zoos, for example, like in a way, like thinking about going to a zoo as a kid, like pre-vegan days, there was yeah, there is something appealing of sort of going into that. You, that world right this kind of cut off from the city and it's kind of its own world but i've mentioned before like walking around the botanic gardens and that is kind of similar and it's like it's in its own little world uh, but it doesn't have to be an animal prison it's basically these animals are free and you can see them and watch the birds and all that kind of thing and uh, often with zoos they often say the animals are basically like wallpaper when they've done studies and people basically spend a few seconds and just keep walking around mm. and so it's like people aren't actually really interacting with the animals anyway and it's much more meaningful to interact with them uh, whether that's walking through the botanic gardens we've also done a show a while back on the penguin colony in st kilda so you go down and watch the penguins actually living mm. free lives rather than in a cage for our benefit and it really changes your perspective and your understanding of the individuals in a zoo you're seeing them in a unnatural state and seeing um, something that has been foisted upon them mm-hmm. a but if you if you're really interested in animals and and wanting to see them you're not you need to accept that you're not going to see every animal. You're not going to see lions and tigers and um, elephants unless you go to the countries that they exist in. Um, but there are a ton of very interesting animals in Australia, in Victoria, a couple of hours, not even that, from Melbourne CBD. If you've got an interest, go and spend a little bit of time in the bush and you'll find lots and lots of interesting animals. Take up the hobby of wildlife photography, mm. um, but being respectful. Uh, stay making sure you stay certain distances away from individuals and whatnot but yeah there's it's it's much more enjoyable and you get to see what these individuals are like in in a natural more natural environment often the environments have been pilfered and pillaged by humans anyway but you know they're better than better than zoos yeah that's right so yeah we're fast running out of time so i just want to mention that i've done a facebook post up on the freedom of species facebook page so if you just search freedom of species on facebook then you can find a bunch of links to the kind of stuff we've been discussing like happy cow the living vegan cheat sheet uh the pcrm vegetarian starter kit uh some quick and easy meals vegan traveling uh, responses to common questions vegans get asked there's also you can get a vegan starter packs there's a whole bunch uh, there's one that i've linked to which is one i was sort of involved back in perth and it is perth but a lot of it's just more general information so that's got a vegan faq flyer vegetarian starter kit that's eating a vegan diet that they use the word vegetarian information about b12 which is an important nutrient for vegans and everyone to get um, recipes all that kind of thing so that's a veganperth.org.au so i put links up to all of that on a facebook page on freedom of species so that will be the most recent post if you're listening to this live and you listen to this after the fact you can find that link at freedomofspecies.org in the notes a facebook post with all the links from this episode also wanted to give a couple of um, shout outs for more information veganeasy.org is a really good website heaps of good information also veganaustralia.org.au they focus a lot on veganism obviously and they've got a link called getting started with heaps of um yeah heaps of links to yeah or heaps of advice on transitioning to vegan and uh, living vegan all that kind of thing Um, our show is one till two every sunday including over the break this time and you can listen live by 855 am in melbourne or also stream live via the 3cr website 3cr.org.au you can listen to there from wherever you are around the world Uh, all of previous podcasts are available on freedomofspecies.org as well as on itunes you can give us feedback on the show at info at freedomofspecies.org as well as on facebook or twitter on twitter we're at fos radio and yeah i think it's probably about time to finish up uh thanks so much for joining me for the hour adam and coming in on your in your break or the sort of whatever holiday no, period no it's yeah. always a pleasure and great to talk about um, veganism and yeah. good luck to everyone out there being vegan yeah and definitely definitely if it if you found this useful even if you already are vegan and you know someone transitioning then send the episode to them hopefully it, it could be useful for someone out there uh we're going to finish up with the track my veganism by soul i do have to mention that this song does contain swear I always forget to mention that, but I um, yeah, I'll mention that this.
this time. Uh, the next show is in Psychedelia, so stay tuned for that. I did want to also mention this song, talking about zoos and these kind of places. This song's got a lot of uh, focus on animal resistance, so not just humans advocating for animals, but actually animals resisting in their own ways as well. See you next time. I never talk about how I'm a vegan Cause I recall how cats used to rub each other's nose in And also what kind of shoes are those? All I know, I prefer a couple dogs to most human beings Used to pick veins, I want chicken legs Till I find out a hot dogs are made Always treated like a personal choice You've been listening to a 3CR podcast Produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia for more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.